One of these days, I'm going to get you with that. All right. <laughs> One of these days, me lip syncing to the beginning, <laughs> at the very beginning uh, with the video is going to get you. You're going to think that they said they're wrong. It's got to be in the winter when I can't hear the air conditioning. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> Well, hello and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sanchez, and my good buddy, Max Lyon. What's up? Watch Rob Cobbs, and then record our thoughts and place them on the internet for the tens and tens of listeners. Listening pleasure. And Max, how are you doing this fine night? I'm crispy. <laughs> I've been sitting out of the sun a little too much and my skin is starting to feel very crispy. <laughs> but hey, it is summertime in Shy. I mean, Almost. technically the official beginning Almost. of summer is next week. Yeah. Uh, but it sure as shit felt like summertime all this month. It's been, we've got yeah. a beautiful June. We've had a fantastic, beautiful June. It's it's been very nice, um, you know. And today the Cubs open up full capacity. Yeah, I saw that. A lot of well. ball clubs did it too. Yeah. Shit. They out trying to get that money. Yeah. Understandable, you know. And uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I I mean now I'm just thinking of like. Now the mask stuff is coming off. Now, like, the summer is getting nicer. I'm thinking about all the things I want to do. I want to go to the park. I want to go to the beach. I mean, compare that to last summer. I mean, a lot can happen in a year, right? Oh, my God, yeah. Speaking of a year, that's how long the the movie Stuck in Love goes. I legitimately a, didn't get that until the second turkey that they shove a beer yep. in the ass of. Yeah, beer like, battered chicken slash turkey. Hell yeah. Uh, who um, shoves a beer up a chicken or or a? I'll tell you what. Or turkey's you know, ass. My my ex brother in law used to make beer battered chicken. That shit was phenomenal. It yeah, was that was chicken. beer battered. You don't shove a can up. Or not ass, not beer battered. Excuse me, beer butt chicken. Oh, okay. Okay. We called it beer butt. So this is a legitimate thing. This is a legitimate thing. Okay. Because you you basically you put the beer at the butt and you have that little stand that it was on and then you put that on like a pan and then you barbecue it. So that stand is for this shit. It's for yeah. this specific. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I never knew that. <laughs> this is what happens when you grow up in a vegetarian family. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you Holy miss shit, out. I never knew that was a reality. You miss out on sticking beer cans up of the orifices of a- dead animals is what you miss out on. I mean, I still remember the horror of going to my high school girlfriend's family like gathering. I think it was – it must have been for some holiday, but I feel like it was in the summer. And they made, they made the horrific – creation that is churduckin <laughs> churduckin and i watched them assemble that and it was i had nightmares like it was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 
It basically, so many carcasses are getting fucked with in that situation. Just watching the first two go together, and then they're yeah. like, oh, don't worry about it. We're going to shove these two in another one. <laughs> what? Yep. Yep. 100%. <laughs> um, but Stuck in Love, in the movie, uh, is a 2012 American romantic comedy drama film written and directed by Josh Boone in his directorial debut. The independent film stars Jennifer Connelly, Gray Kinnear, Lily Collins, Nat Wolf, and Logan Lerman. And it focuses on the complicated relationships between a successful novelist, played by Kinnear, his ex-wife, their college daughter, and teenage son. And the film began a limited theatrical release in the United States on July 5th, 2013. 2013. Okay. I was trying to place that this whole time, and I, I remember seeing the year, and I never I actually remember it when I'm watching it. So, like, it was tech, it was released in the Toronto International Film Festival in 2012, okay. but then it didn't get, like, distributed and released to theaters until 2013. Is that normal, or is that for a specific reason? That's uh, normal. I mean, because, like, when you're releasing it at a film festival... You have to, you're hoping to get, have the rights bought by a bigger company and then they like decide how much they're going to market uh, it and all that other sort of stuff and try to get everyone ready to, you know, go see it. Interesting. God. So, um, and the movie's 96 minutes long. How much did it make in the box office? Remember, it had a limited theatrical release and is an independent film. What was the budget again? Uh, doesn't show a budget. Well, that's not helpful, Google. Or it's Wikipedia. Mm, I'm going to say... 17 million. Box office is $977,671. Whoa. Yeah. Not a lot of people went and saw this. <laughs> Which is why it's a very forgotten, whoa, unknown movie uh, amongst a lot of people, um, which we'll discuss. Um, with even with Jennifer <coughs> Connelly and Greg Kinnear, was this like a was this a passion project for them or something? Like, how did they agree to do that for that cheap? I mean, I think it was an independent film that they probably liked the script and it was easy to film because I mean it was all in one location. They basically did it all at the same like house beach and like so i mean sure they did everything in the same town like so it's not like they had to go to a bunch of different locales and set up all these huge set pieces they could bang out scene after scene after scene like i'm sure all the lily collins beach scenes that she had with greg kinnear were done over a period of two days and that's like three different parts of the movie true That's a good point. Yeah, the lack of filming locations definitely helps. But still, like, both of those actors for under a million is impressive. <laughs> or at least making under a million. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's 45 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes for this film. What is the Rotten Tomato score for amongst the critics? Forty percent. It is a fifty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. 
Okay. Uh, the critics' consensus, it struggles to enliven its uneven script, but Stuck in Love boasts enough winning performances from its solid veteran cast to offer an appealing diversion from rom-com enthusiasts, or for rom-com enthusiasts. So uh, a diversion, basically. Okay. Uh, Mike Massey of Gone with the Twins. I, 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 I like to, to we're back to this guy. Yeah. Um, he rated it seven out of 10. It's considered a fresh review. Uh, wrote most consistently a drama and one that goes on for too long. <laughs> but that's considered a fresh review at seven out of 10. <laughs> um, Patrick Gamble of Cineview gave it a two out of five. This is considered a bad review. Uh, totally forgettable and one of the blandest films of the year. That, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have literally seen this movie before and I forgot about it entirely. Yeah. Like literally entirely until we were watching one scene and I went, oh my God, I actually have seen this before. Angie <laughs> uh, Arago of the Metro.co.uk gave it a fresh review, 3 out of 5. Writing, this disarming romantic comedy drama is far more likable than the ho-hum rom-com title suggests. So once again, title sucks. Film's better than the title. The film is much better than the title. I'll give it that. The title really undersells it. It, it paints a, an inaccurate picture of it, too. Yeah, I mean, other than stuck in love is like the literal... Like, if you took the all the nuance out of great Kinnear's situation with Jennifer Connelly in this film and just broke it down to how can we write, how can we say what he is in the least amount of, least in simplest terms stuck in love. All right. That's the title of the film. Yeah. Like technically great Kinnear is stuck in love, but it's just like, that is the most like fucking generic bullshit way of describing yeah. him. Also, I feel like there's more than just the Greg Kinnear and Jennifer Connelly storyline here, obviously, yes. that you definitely. need to describe. Which will, which will, yes, 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 definitely. And neither of them were, again, stuck in love. They were just, it's a complicated, if anything, it should have just been called, it's complicated. <laughs> I mean, there's already a movie called, it's complicated. Oh, well. And that's got Diane Keaton and like other people. It's a fa it's a famous. Oh, movie. that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I remember now. Or, or is it Meryl Streep? I don't know. No, I think you're right. It's it's Diane Keaton. Okay. Anyway, uh, Andrew Jones <laughs> of Hey You Guys wrote a three out of five review, certified or a fresh review here. Stuck in Love turns out to be a decent film. A few nice jokes and humorous elements. Some cliched but sweet thoughts on romance, love, and humanity, and very nice to look at. Just a shame it's also muddled and happy to settle for mediocrity. Okay. Yeah. So, like, are you saying there's some moments that are good in it, but it just settles to just for good? Like, it could be yeah. like, tried yeah. a little harder. And if the dialogue was a little better, if this or that. Yeah. That I could see. There were a lot of moments where Greg Kinnear is just playing the very, like, backseat father of just like I'm not. I'm going to say the minimal amount of words so I come off with this mysterious undertone. 
Yeah, the way he says you're grounded to Rusty. Yeah. Like, oh, you're grounded. I'm like, just, if you're really pissed, like, man, fuck you, you're grounded. Like, I feel like they had that kind of relationship where he could just say, fuck off, Rusty, you're grounded. Talk like that to me in my house. Yeah, or if it's like, if he, because he was sitting there quiet for a moment and like yeah. staring at him and like obviously contemplating what the fuck he's going to say next. I would have liked to see a little bit more emphasis from him. Like, just be like, just stare yeah. at him for a while and just go, fuck you, you're grounded. Yeah. Like, just... Like, so, like, I, feel like, I feel like that's one extreme. The other extreme is, like, Bernie Mac in, in his stand-up where, you know, he would say, you know, you bust him to the white meat. Like, <laughs> and he had jokes about how he was going to fight his kids, like, in, a, in an actual, like, box of that. <laughs> um, and so... I feel like there's a happy middle that you should be at as a dad. But this is one extreme. <laughs> like, and it's the very, like, yeah, it's like, well, sure, grabbed him. Yeah. Whatever. It's the, minimal, this, it's the minimal words. Yeah. I saved this review for last because I thought it was funny. Um, it's Kaleem Aftab, the national in the United Arab Emirates. Okay. They gave it a two out of five. Poor review. And wrote, alas, why couldn't one of these fabulous authors have helped the first-time writer and director Josh Boone pen some decent dialogue? <laughs> and I think that's a great place to kick off here. Uh, Josh Boone as the writer-director. Uh, what's the one thing that we've talked about before on this podcast? If you what have writer a solo writer-director, he doesn't have multiple brains to bounce it off of. Yes, and so then your worst devices go unchecked. Mm -hmm. And so either the film is too long or the film dialogue is not strong enough. Like, or... Like this. Yeah, yeah and it's just, like, definitely maybe it was way too long um, because there was just one writer-director. Yep. And with this one, you know, luckily it was short, shorter, you know, but at the same time, it's just uh, the dialogue is not great. Yeah. Um, and just and some of the everything's just very is very heavy handed in this film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that really kind of sums it up. I mean, there wasn't like. There wasn't anything in in particular that stood out to me that was horrible about it. It's not like it was a movie that I was struggling to get through or anything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the biggest, I think the biggest, most noticeable thing about it is the lack of dialogue. Like the lack of dialogue at all. Like everything is just so quick and muted for no reason. Like the pace of the movie is very mild and very slow. And the dialogue is just like also very mild and slow, but then it's only like five words, and then there's just silence between the two characters for a couple seconds. The pace of the movie is is, is slow, like you said, but the pace of development in the movie is frenetic. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, for as quote-unquote slow it's going, they also develop a whole entire year. With yeah, it, it feels slow because we're once again we're in the same spots. Like, 
we don't move from the same sleepy ta- beach town that these this writer lives in and writers are fucking I mean if they're not living life they're writing so like there's not a lot besides what we see there's not a lot of other life to wonder about right. so you know it's just yeah the <laughs> the other thing with this viewing that I thought about was this like who's supposed to care for these people what do you mean it's just like a writer who I guess got seemingly rich or at least rich enough off of just two books to where he can fucking live as a writer in this like beach town with this house and pay his kids to write in a journal. Yeah, that's, and, like, that was really weird. And live his life and like, you know, buy a laptop for his daughter for Christmas and like pick out a color. And like basically they're upper middle, like upper middle class white people who like just like based off of like the writing of two books i can't get over just two books and he's earned himself that kind of living and it's just like okay who's supposed to like care like there's no there's (laughs) the stakes are low here like other but at the same time it's a rom calm drum right right stakes are always low and if we're going to complain about it here then why are we complaining about it in other movies with white leads which is well, and also, like, in rom-coms, like, the roles are stereotypically always blossomed into something unrealistic. Like, it's never some truly relatable role. I mean, how many fucking... Well, <laughs> I was going to say, how many architects have we seen? <laughs> I don't know. True. But, you know, that kind of... It's always, like, the these completely, you know unrelatable unrealistic roles because they're dreamy it's a rom-com but you're absolutely right that it's like two fucking books and suddenly you can buy this nice beach house in the new england coastline and yeah and live there and pay your kids and shit like yeah i mean the the film was filmed in wilmington north carolina but i don't know where it's set Oh, was it was you, it North Carolina? You assume it's set in the Northeast, but who knows? So. Yeah, I just see a, a rich fucking white guy that's riding on a it, beach, and I assume it's, it's just, New England. It's East Coast shit. It's yeah, East it's Coast. East Coast, it's Coast, not shit. West Coast shit. It's not like, West Coast shit. This dude grew up playing fucking, uh, you know, fuck, I lost it. What's what's the East Coast sport? The like uh, the lacrosse. Oh. <laughs> This guy grew up playing lacrosse. That was my joke, and I lost it. There you go. Um. That's my karma, instant karma. Yeah. But, so, yeah, the, it's like, it's, I I also say in that there's very few people to root for in this film as well. You kind of root for Rusty, but at the same time, he is kind of like, you, he's problematic. He's he's an innocent in all this. Like he gets kind of pushed out into having experiences and falls in love, and then, but at the same time, because he's 
16 years old. He's still snotty, and you're just like, I don't want you to get hurt, but you need to get hurt so that you can know yeah. life. Like you can, so you can stop being so snotty and start showing some respect for what life is. Um, the only one that's really worth rooting for in this entire film is Lou, which is the yeah, yeah, his mom has a brain. And even then, like, I mean, he plays he his defense mechanism is being kind of a, kind of a, you know, uh, assuming prickish, like kind of prick, like the way he was like talking initially to Sam. Although at the same time, Sam was so like off putting that he didn't seem so much of a prick. Compared to how she talks, guys. <laughs> That's fucking true. Like, so it actually like worked out to where he still felt like the victim, even though he was just like, "Oh, you don't want to have sex with him. He's gonna give you a rash." <laughs> and like, "Oh no, actually, I hate that guy. I'm just standing in for his band." And it's just like, you know, she's obviously interested in that guy, and he's still like, "No, fuck that. You shouldn't do that. Like, you should, you should hang out with me instead." And it's just like, I mean. <laughs> so that was that was like, my that was my sweet spot in college that was, yeah like i was i loved that spot like i wanted to be the sensitive guy but i my cover was to be a dick as long as i was a dick a little bit less than the girl would be <laughs> as long as i stayed in that sweet spot i was all right and then it was just enough danger that she'd walk away a little bit intrigued you wanted to be bad enough to where a good girl thought you were a bad boy, but a bad girl knew you were a good boy. Right on. Exactly. And then you, then you attracted the bad girls and then tried to turn them into a good girl. And then, you know, what ends up happening? Yeah, the only problem is I never attracted the bad girls. I attracted the crazy girls. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was occasionally a... Uh, a side effect of it. And I was like, oh, I've, I've, it was like five minutes in a conversation. I'm like, I've, I've made a mistake. I've made a mistake. <laughs> I'm not, this is it for the night. This is, okay. <laughs> I've made a terrible mistake. I've made a terrible mistake. Um, so what did you think of the Morgan's family? Is that their last name? Yes. Well, uh, I thought that, as I mentioned in the movie, I thought their their dinner, their family dinner together, which becomes a recurring scene, uh, symbolic, especially at the end when Jennifer Connelly's character shows back up. But I thought that whole, the, the family dinner was interesting just because Personally, I never really had that. I mean, I had that with my parents, but I never had siblings. So I always like, I don't know, seeing that in movies and trying to figure out what it was like growing up in that and having siblings to teach you social skills like that of like, you know, jealousy and competition and stuff like that. But um, so that was interesting. But their overall dynamic... I would say was a little, 
well, I don't know. I was going to say knee-jerk reaction was unrealistic, obviously, because it's a rom-com. But now that I think about it, I don't know. Some of the some of their scenes, like the father-daughter scenes, a lot of those scenes were kind of cool, I thought. And, like, the give and take between them, I thought, was really nice. The fact that he could give his daughter some real heart-to-heart advice, like they do on the beach, mm-hmm. and she listens albeit begrudgingly like you know a kid would and then she's able to separate from that moment and go to the next moment and reverse it and give him some heart-to-heart advice about getting over his ex and yeah she doesn't know the whole picture at that point as we find out that he's got history with his ex where she he cheated on her first sort of thing and she doesn't know that at the time but Mm mm-hmm you know, I think either way, it's sound advice, what she says to him and what he says to her. I can't, I can't remember on top of my head what they actually say to each other now, but I remember thinking that. And I thought that kind of relationship between the two of them was nice. Mm-hmm. I thought the whole Jennifer Connelly stuff was weird. I, nothing about it really <laughs> jived. Like, she felt like a weird last-minute casting choice. I necessarily blame the casting choice i blame the dynamic between the characters the fact that she's married he's not he's technically stalking her but she's the one who cheated on him so therefore she's technically the bad guy even though he's doing bad guy things in return right now but then it turns out he was actually the bad guy initially and then she just kind of like decided to be a bad guy after she got bored of the marriage and now there's this weird dynamic between them where they still love each other, but at the same time, like there's all this history between them, and he just wants another chance because he's good at rewriting things as opposed to writing things, and he knows that this time there, which would be their fucking third attempt, it would actually work out, and he would know what to do. I have a harsh what happens after after for that. I mean, I can't. I'd be lying if I said I didn't commiserate with that feeling i mean who doesn't whenever you go through a breakup like everybody has some sort of feeling like that at some point after a breakup i think but it's mm-hmm. just still i don't know i think i feel like that's a very i don't know i guess it depends on the person but i would i would say i think i would think that's a toxic road to go down mm-hmm. to to think that you have to rewrite everything in fact i did that you know what it's just this just hit me. I did that with my uh, my architectural portfolio, applying to jobs way back when. When I was with one of my exes, she she was. I remember several conversations where I was asking her, like, you know, what if I redid this graphic and should I redo this project before I put it in the portfolio and stuff like that? And she's like, why stop redoing things? Like it's already done. You did it. You're putting things. You're putting that on display. That's part of your work that's part of your stuff don't change it just add to it and like that's what greg kinnear's character needs to do man he needs to fucking just it's not about rewriting it's about accepting what is already written and adding more to it Mm -hmm. yeah imagine how much more money he'd have if he wrote more books. <laughs> you know, more than two fucking bucks that's for sure yeah exactly uh you know so i'm gonna let everyone in on a dirty little secret about this film uh 
you watch this film out of the three love stories, you watch for one and a half of them. Uh, the main, the quote unquote main characters of the film, Jennifer Connelly and Greg Kinnear, the big names, you don't give a shit about like that yeah. all. Like you just like, you don't care about them. And then Kristen Bell gets kind of thrown in. Yeah. You know, really? just, yeah. You just kind of shrug your shoulders at that. It's just it, like, None of that storyline is particularly compelling no. as a as a rom com viewer. Like yeah. just even a rom drama, whatever. It's just there's no one really to root for. And then at the end, when they are like a family, and you know, Rusty sold the story, and everyone's just like, "Oh my!" That she's the one who congratulates him at the table, as if like they're a whole fam- whole ass family again. Like, and it's just like, "Bitch, you haven't even filed the divorce papers yet." Yeah. From your new man that you actually got married to, which is not even how far that fucking uh, uh, Greg Kinnear went when he fucking whatever. Also, you went through like the pain and effort of going through a divorce yourself with this dude. Yeah. You literally like it's not like you walked out the door one day and abandoned the family and then like three years later walked back through the door. And everything was okay. Weirdly enough, I think that would be more acceptable. This is like you consciously made the decision and the effort to follow through with the whole legal proceeding to end this marriage, to to separate this family, all this stuff. Then you capped it with another legal proceeding by getting married to someone else. Not just dating. It's not like they're just dating and living together sort of thing. They're legit married. Presumably one of them, if not both of them, owns that house that Greg Kinnear's ass is stocking. Mm-hmm. And and suddenly, all right, we're just supposed to accept that, okay, we're going to shove this beer up a turkey's ass and Jennifer Connell's going to walk right back through the door and everything's going to be all right. And on top of all of that, like, what are exactly you're going back to? He still thinks that your favorite book is a certain book that you've never read. Yeah. That, that was, what was that scene establishing for us? It was establishing the fact that he, like they had that they, there was a little comic relief, quote unquote, that he thought her favorite book was a book that he imposed on her. He's like, Oh my God, I even imposed that on you. Like, oh. that sort of, and like, that's why they exchange a laugh. And then he tells her that, um, you know, that the book had been taken from his shelf and he only one person could have possibly done that. And it was Samantha. And so she's still thinking about her. And so that it was kind of like a pop up speech to get her to go see her. That was dumb. There could have been a million other ways to do that. Of course. But, you know, there was no one else to talk to Josh (laughs) Boone and talk him out of the decisions he made in this film. And then the half storyline is Rusty and Kate. It it's high school love, and there's some yeah. fun parts to it when he shows up to the party and he shows up with weed, so he gets them in, <laughs> and then he plays hero, um, or AKA Captain Savaho, uh, <laughs> when she's like coming. One of down. my personal favorites. Yeah, she's coming down after tooting lines of coke and got offended like because the dude she's doing coke with and she's been hanging out with and presumably is her boyfriend probably suggested a threesome in that bathroom 
and so she got offended. Probably. And then, yeah, but then, of course, he pushes her down, and it just... A very douchey move, and then he gets punched, which he should. Which, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what should have happened. Yeah, um, it's all. <laughs> I do like Rusty. I thought I thought he was a yeah. good kid. I think, I mean, I I felt for him because, like, yeah, he's, he's gonna get hurt. But yeah, like you like, said, it's like you gotta, the, you yeah, gotta get through it. The the quote unquote cute parts between them are really cute because it's you know high school. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But at the same time, the dramatic like shit parts like her drug problem, which really takes a turn at that fucking party that's thrown by that professor. Yeah, uh, and like uh, like really takes a turn there. And then the fact that he gets beat up by, as by retaliation, like and like just everything that happens in Rusty's life after and it's just like, like that, that storyline does not resolve well. Yeah. Um, did and did it ever resolve? He, I mean, she went to rehab and then he invited her over for Thanksgiving in case she wanted to come over. And so I guess he's still Okay, so yeah, it was just it was all like, in dialogue that it got resolved. It yeah, but like he also like took a sip of the wines. So I, I mean I don't know if he's really still learned his lesson or not from that whole thing. Uh, well, he wasn't uh, the one with the addiction. Well, I guess, no, he was with the but, weed. Well, like, you know, but then they were talking about how he, or he was saying you're showing up drunk or stoned every night. Like, oh, ever right. since the he breakup. Did, he did. So he's like, he's, yeah, he, he's basically just, <laughs> yeah, getting higher drunk every night. Since I mean, breakup. coping. I mean, that's, coping. that's just that's just called pandemic twenty twenty, <laughs> right there. Like, that's that literally funny. talking about that with someone up on the the rooftop today. Yeah, that's, that's just twenty twenty. <laughs> She's like, God, I I lost track of all time. It was like I was drinking and smoking every day, and I'm like. Yeah, yeah, that's what everyone was doing, right? Like, I feel like yeah, yeah. that's what that's what we were all doing to get through it. Yeah, um, but then the actual saving grace of the film is the love story between Sam and Lou, which yeah works. I out wanted and, to see more of them. Yeah, it would have been nice. Um, I think Lily Collins is pretty good in this film there there are bits of overacting the way she reacts to her mother initially um or it, like i don't know just the, she's not coming back dad like those kinds of scenes are just very yeah yeah um and like yeah the beach scene where she yeah. she gives him a little bit of good advice and then she takes it a step further and is like mm. God, she's not coming back. Get yeah. over it. And then, like, storms off. It's like, this was not a moment yeah. for that. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, just bring it back down two notches. You're, you're good here. You're sit good down. Here. Sit down here. Smoke stay a joint. Listen to the, listen to the waves. Here. Stay yeah. here. Come, Come on, on down. Uh, but then she's really good in the quiet moments. Like, when she mentions, you know, when she hears the song that Lou... Lou's favorite song, 
Mm. Which then she really connects with and sitting in the car. Yeah, and then yeah, she says like she's scene. so scared and I mean, which is honestly that's the kiss of the film too. We can even talk about that. Which but. what did she say afterwards that I said was so weird? I don't know. She um, said, "I'm so scared right now. I don't want to get. I don't want to get hurt." And then, and then he goes, "I won't hurt you." Yeah. Which I, oh god, I was there in college too. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then yeah. they then they kiss, and it is a it's a good kiss. I agree. And then they go ice skating. It's very wholesome as fuck. Yeah, it's all cute. And then he's probably going to break her heart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she broke his first. Like, she stopped talking to him because he invited her mom to. Yeah. It, it took his mom dying for her to come back to. God. <laughs> yeah. How was that? How was that? That for montage you, by the way. I mean, you might. I think you heard me give like a audible and huh, like yeah. after that because because we watched it for free on Amazon Prime with commercials because we don't pay enough for Amazon Prime. <laughs> Fuck you, Jeff Bezos. God you damn, dick. Fuck you, Jeff Bezos. Anyway, um, but uh. Before we get more into that montage with the mom dying, uh, let's let's just grade the kiss real quick. Well, no, you, you didn't even finish the the. You went to commercial right as you did the audible. The sigh. I I know, and I said before we continue on with that, let's go back to the kiss and grade it. Yeah. No, I know. I was just clarifying why you brought up the commercial oh. breaks. Oh, you never yeah. you never said that it was connected to the to that scene. That's okay. Funny. Yeah. Um, there. Anyway, with the kiss of the film, uh, uh, I just, I, I don't know. I, I love this love story so much, and I like, I give it an A minus. I don't, I care. I, I don't care. I, like, there's a lot about it that's like way too on the nose and corny and cheesy. Like, whenever you have a song and like you, you like use the lyrics verbatim as like, explanation oh, yeah. it's a kissed. very late night late teens early 20s way of doing things uh-huh. of letting the song speak for you uh-huh. you know it's all cheesy and bad and gross like i get all that like and, and, and by all those things that i'm saying i don't really mean them it's very cute and to put yourself out there if someone reciprocates the feelings then it doesn't matter that then you want it's just about putting yourself out there but there is a lot of like vulnerability to it that's like ew, 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 you yeah know, the vulnerability is all and, stuff yeah but first i i'm here for it so i give it an a minus well welcome that. to the fucking dark side man for for liking the the sloppy rom-commy shit for once yeah I mean, this one, it, this one took tears, and it took an Elliot Smith song, which is, he was a singer-songwriter in Portland. Is that Elliot the, Smith? Yeah, in the oh, 80s shit. and 90s, who committed suicide, or in 2000s. Aw. I didn't know that was him. Okay. that's That adds a little more feeling to it, but it does not change my grade. What is your grade? I'd probably just give it a B. 
It was a good kiss. Solid. There you but go. Not, nothing too much, nothing too little. It was right where it needs to be for a rom-com kiss. Nice and simple. Yeah. The build-up yeah. to it was nice, and I wish I could remember what she says afterwards that makes it so fucking weird, and that's what really brings down my grade for it. Because it's like, ah, oh, now I'm now it's going to bother me. But whatever, like, they kiss, and she pulls back, and she says the weirdest fucking thing. Nope. You're thinking of a different one. Uh, you're thinking of Rusty and Kate. Oh, am I? Yep, when she's in his, his bed, and she's staying the night after he eyes her knees and everything. You're right. And then, kiss, and then she says, I think you're going to be good for me. Yeah, you're right. That's such a weird thing to say. Yeah, well, she was saying it because she obviously knew she had a, a drug problem. She thought he was going to be able to, like, that her his presence in her life was going to be such a good thing that it would help kick her habit. And instead, yeah. she's at his mom's house playing Just Dance and then trying to find pills to fucking snort, like, out in the open. And then he's just like, yeah, yeah like, yeah. I mean... That. That's sixteen-year-old thinking, though, and, yeah. and also drug addict thinking. So, um, so you can't really blame it, but at the same time, it was that storyline. So you can't even use that. <laughs> so then, so never mind. Without that, do you, does your grade change from a B? Well, then, yeah, I'd probably bump it up to a B plus. Okay. Because that was, yeah, that was a decent kiss. There wasn't anything really wrong with it. It just didn't really go above and beyond i guess i mean it was a cute moment so i'll give it that yeah but. yeah and you know as i mentioned like just there it, like him being able to i wouldn't say wear her down but just being there and just like reasserting that you know he's got feelings for her he wants to get to know her and he cares yeah. about like her and who she is and not necessarily, you know, the fact that she's cute and has a vagina, you know what I mean? <laughs> like that, that all is, yeah. is cool to see in this love story. And then of course, you know, you find out the mom has a brain tumor and right. that connects them even further. And then, yeah. And, but, and then, you know, they break apart because he was presumptive about the mother thing and she puts up her wall again. Right. Uh, and then, yeah, and then there's that montage that we talked about. His mom dies. And just, like, the phone call to her and the way he says, you know, mom is dead, that, that did, like, hit me. Like, it didn't draw tears for me, which I thought it might. But it hit me. It was just like a like it reminded me of the phone calls I made at this desk. Yeah. That night. Um you know. And uh yeah. and like all that. Yeah, that shit's never easy. And and then you know, looking at the the photos, I remember the photo like they're they're making the little photo poster for the memorial. Uh, the morning of, and I just remember seeing all these photos that I'd never seen before with her with my siblings and all that. Uh, yeah. And seeing her just younger, holding 
my siblings before, like all before I was even a, a glimmer oh, in my dad's eye and all that. Uh, and then, uh, you know, and then of course that, you know, finally pushes her to go see her mom and to kind of bury this hatchet. hatchet. I mean, it sucks that it took that to get to that point, but it, it takes what it takes sometimes. Um, I mean, like, the way that, because, I mean, the... <laughs> To, let's just jump right into what happens after ever after. Uh, for Sam, goddamn therapy. She saw her mom frolicking with her, with what becomes her husband. Everybody in this movie needs some therapy. Yeah, and like, and the mom literally said, "I don't give a fuck." Like, yeah, whatever. It just, and it's just like that. And so, like, she you know, re- reacted to it the way she could and then wrote a book that she ended up publishing. And just like, like the moral of the story is that writers are fucked up. <laughs> like, <laughs> and just, that's, that's, that's a big, this movie, writers are oh, fucked up. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and these are their attempts at relationships. But the thing about writing, writers is that writers' lives end in, end in tragedy. <laughs> like, so, yeah. like, I don't, like, yeah, like the two, like Jennifer Connelly and Greg Kinnear do not last. They break up for a third time. Maybe it's the final time. Who knows? But they do break up for a third time. That's for yeah. sure. And then on top of that, I love Lou and Sam, but they're not long for this world. They're still only goddamn 20 years old. I never saw Lou's dad once anywhere. So either Lou's dad died or such a deadbeat they didn't even show up to the fucking funeral. At least my Fuck, fuck yeah. off, Dad showed up to my mom's funeral. Um, and then, <laughs> and then like, Rusty's still pining for Kate and, like, this someone he considers an angel who has a drug problem, to which he likes to expound and, you know, blame someone about, like, the way he yells at fucking Sam about she has a history with drug problems. Like, you never once said that he never once said hey yeah i got this girlfriend kate by the way she likes to do blow and has a drug problem so <laughs> never give her alcohol or drugs i'm sure that never came up in a conversation before she actually met the motherfucker at that party and now you're gonna just be like she has a drug problem you just want to yell about the fact that you're dating someone with a drug problem who no longer has a drug problem because you're you know you're such a great partner like that's the whole idea behind it and it's very and like if we're going deep down rooted into it, and so there's shit he has to learn about being a a man. Which, but at the same time, when you're 16, like you're 16 and you're the quote unquote nice guy. Guess what? That's toxic masculinity in its own way. Look yeah. at all the, we talked about emo music last week, and like that whole toxic masculinity idea um, when we talked about the movie that that we we did last. Week. I forgot what movie we did last week. I, I am high. Uh, <laughs> well, and it also it, it it creates a fucking it creates a personality type that I don't know. I, I guess I'm speaking from a completely non-academic point of view anyway, so it doesn't matter. But I would say like it creates a toxic masculinity if he doesn't get hurt. 
which as we've said multiple times already thank god he actually like is yeah. getting hurt because yeah it sucks but man when you come out of it you're better off you know more about yourself you're more comfortable with who you are you don't start yelling at parties about your girlfriend's drug problems yes <laughs> And, you know, that's, that's part of growing up. The more experience, the more, you know, it, it's normal. He'll get there. He'll get there. Yeah. He'll turn 30 and he'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> he'll turn 30 and he'll be like, by the time I'm 40, I'll get it. <laughs> um, yeah, really. So, yeah, I mean, we've talked pretty much about the, I mean, like this. That's the thing about this film. Yeah. There's not a lot of characters. There's it's just not the three love stories, yeah. and then that's it. Like, and none of the love stories, as we've said, aren't like none of the love stories are like really that worth getting behind. Like, they're not. They're not really like that. I feel like Lou and Sam is. It is, but it's it's not your typical rom com like super fucking into it storyline like i am all about this couple i'm rooting for them the whole time i love them i want to see more of them oh my god they're kissing i mean yeah we covered their kiss we covered their nice scenes together yeah okay it's now, just now nice. i'm talking myself out of it but yeah it's just nice to see lou be there for her and just like what to be there unconditionally for her yes and it's, it's a nice great, and it's great and it's great to see her bring her walls down and let him love her absolutely which is nice it's just what happens after or after how long can that battle be fought we also is don't he still gonna be willing to fight that battle 10 years later we also don't really yeah exactly well ideally like she should not have her walls up by that point like yeah at the same time what like why would she not never have walls at this point unless she like really goes through some therapy about the frailty of relationships? Because she's probably going to witness her parents break up a third time while in their relationship <laughs> with Lou. And that's only just going to add to things. Well, that's where, you know, going off to college and fucking moving away from your parents a little bit helps. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, their storyline is good to root for, for sure. It's just, we don't, just like all three of the storylines, it's not like we know a whole lot about them. We don't really go into any sort of depth. They never really get developed to a full, you know, like a standard rom-com storyline, I guess, which mm. makes sense when you're dividing it up by three, but still. Yeah. I will say this, for, from a direction standpoint, I did pick up on certain, if albeit very obvious things he was doing that I appreciated. Like, camera angles, like, especially, like, the anytime the dinner table was involved, there were some good conscious camera angles. And, like, especially in the final scene, where it zooms out, and you see all five of them sitting. Is it five of them? Two, two, yeah, five. You see Jennifer Connelly sitting there across from Greg Kinnear, and then you see, uh, who is it? The daughter, what's her name? Sam. Samantha, yeah, and her 
Lou. Boyfriend Lou next to each other. And then as it pans out, we see the back of the brother. Rusty. Rusty. And he's like perfectly centered in between Samantha and Lou. And Samantha and Lou are kind of in the background and perfectly centered in between Greg Kinnear and what's her face? Jennifer Connelly. That was a very long description of a very simple scene. But point is, is like the symmetry of that was kind of cool. And like, you know, the balance and like showing that or like every time the wedding ring comes back into play, like there were so many scenes when the wedding ring is very obviously subtly shown <laughs> like it's supposed to be kind of obvious but it's done in a kind of subtle way like even Kristen bell's character has a wedding ring on and we see it immediately but it's like it's when they're like i think it's when they're fucking when we see it yeah but even then it's like it's shoved in your face but it's only like it's just part of her hand it's just enough to see the ring and i was like all right i get that it's kind of obvious but also also i i kind of appreciate this stuff like thank you for taking my, for holding my hand and walking me down the story lane that you're telling <laughs> so what's your verdict uh Shit, dude. I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm going to have to kill it. Considering I saw it before and didn't even remember a single fucking thing about it until I started watching it, until it was like 20 minutes in and I went, oh my god, I have seen this before. It's it's not even worth watching once. Yeah, I would... Like, I've seen this film multiple times at this point. Um, pretty sure I've seen it with my, my sister Monica and also with my mom. Um, I think it was my mom and I who saw it in theaters. Oh, in really? Summer. It was just one of those... Once again, another like summer rom com that I went and saw. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, I'd still say this movie's a fuck. Uh, it's it's a fuck, buddy. Much like Kristen Bell <laughs> is to Greg Kinnear in this film. Um, one of those were like, yeah. as you said, like I I think I'm a way to kill an hour on twice a week. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, this is a you know. As I mentioned last week when he brought it up, I was like, oh, yeah, that film. Like, I, it goes to the back of my mind. And then when it's brought to the front, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm down to watch it. And then after I watch it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got my film. I'm good for a while. And it's going to go to the back of my mind again until it's brought out. Whenever. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so. yeah, it's. I think it's the first kill I've ever had that it's – I don't hate it. I just – it's just, eh, I wouldn't, if I had known what it was, would I consciously choose to, to watch it? And I, I keep thinking about, I'm like, eh, not really. Like, eh. But it, again, it's not horrible. Like you said, like, it's like, it's a way to kill, you know, an hour and a half. It's, it's yeah. fine. 
Well, there you go. So you can find our socials, uh, uh, the shows on Instagram at Bromancing the Stone Podcast, all one word together, Bromancing the Stone Podcast. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Bro the Stone Pod, and that's B R O T H E S T O N E P O D. And then you can find me on Twitter at Supermarket Sweep without the E in Super, so S U P R Market Sweep. And you can find me on Instagram at Relusa88, and that's R E L U S A 88. And then Max. On Instagram, you can find me at the Lionhearted with a period, which is T H E period L Y O N H E A R T E D. And on Twitter, you can find me at the Lionhearted with an underscore instead of a period. Booyakasha! And then next week uh, is June 21st, which is right around. It's either the 21st or the 22nd. That's the official beginning of summer. It's 21st. It is actually the day, yeah. the first day of summer is when our next episode's coming out. Yeah. Uh, and there's a movie on Netflix that's a teen rom-com drama along the same lines uh, that's set in Chicago. Um, oh, shit. Summertime it's called, shy. It's called The Last Summer. So Last we're going to watch that. Summer. The Last Summer. Uh, it's a movie I've seen, I've seen once before. I enjoyed it. It was after I lived in Chicago, too. It is... Chicago summer porn, 100%. Is it? So, yeah. Well, Ooh. Uh, Ooh, I can't, be, I can't wait. Though. It'll be super fun to watch. All right. Um, so. Last summer. So something to look forward to for everyone. Until then, for the tens and tens of listeners, we love y'all and we thank you for listening. And we will catch you next week. Peace out. Love you guys.